Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. We promised two shows a week. There's been a bit of a hiccup in that, as you might imagine. But we're back. We're excited to talk about the Blue Jays to soldier on and see if we can have some fun. Uh, and there's no one who's more fun and no one who joins me more often. I would even say that he joins me as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm You're better than earlier right. this week. So, yeah. Earlier this week, you were under the weather. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a real mind fuck of a day to uh, to get hit with a terrible fever and cough kind of situation it was like Monday afternoon, but I'm, I feel like I'm coming out of it now. Um, you know, because I don't know if you've heard about that's that's a thing that's happening to people. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, so I, I feel better, so that's that's nice. It's I haven't had a chance to be bored yet because I've been sick. So looking forward. I haven't to that, had a chance to I be guess? bored because I've been working. A lot. Um, as if you listened to, was it last week? It may be, or maybe it was two weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that episode of Birds All Day, but you're listening to this one, maybe don't go back and listen to that one. Other than <laughs> to listen to how sadly accurate my all of my novel coronavirus uh, discussion was. Um, yeah, it was pretty, yeah, fuck. Which is, uh, <laughs> but that the thing about today is, um, you know, everyone uh, i believe and i know that you were uh, were self-isolating especially when you were under the weather and you've been kind of laying low and staying home like like everyone has been work every, people working from home avoiding uh, excessive oh, yeah. of trips and i think that's great oh, I, I, I i ain't leaving the house for two weeks now that i've been fucking sick i can't i don't want to be that guy no that's uh you're you're a wise uh, a wise fellow indeed um, I've been working, as I said, working a lot. I, I am feeling fine. Everyone in my family is feeling fine. But we're all still bunkered down. Um, I think it's really important. I think most people are doing a good job of taking it seriously. But also it's taking a toll. And people have been uh, bummed out. People are uh, you know, just not having a great time with it. So I think that what we can do is is set that stuff aside. We kind of set our piece about it um, you know, previously. We, we, we talked about it at length. Let's not do that. Uh, let's try yeah. to have some we're, fun. We're all living it every minute of every day at this point anyway. Exactly. So who, needs, who needs that? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that people are looking for for outlets to have some fun and to just, you know, do the thing that, do the things that we do that, that can A, distract us or at least entertain us. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to plug my own stuff. We plug everything on here on this show, Birds All Day, which is, of course, free for everybody to subscribe. And I really would hope it means a lot to me personally, Drew. If you did that, if you went to your podcast source of choice and subscribed to Birds All Day, make sure you download it, play it. If you feel up to it, tell a friend. Hit them with a review. Hit us with a review and a rating on on, uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, all those all those places where you find your podcasts. Hook it up and uh, and enjoy. The other thing I was going to plug, of course, is the Athletic. Uh, which is still cranking it out, still cranking up t- tons of, of content. They're working, uh, just again, trying to find uh, uh, find some su- stuff to talk about, find uh, some rays of, of, of sunshine, but also providing a lot of insight. I know that there's been a lot of looks into what minor league players are doing and what the experience has been like for you know some of the ball players who may have been uh, may have been quarantined. So if you wanted to go to Birds All Day. Sorry, wanted to go to theathletic.com slash birds all day, you can sign up there. But I also believe that there's current right now there's a promotion going. Am I wrong? 90 days? So this is what I've heard too. But I, I mean, as a subscriber, I didn't have to really look into it. But I think there's, Nor did there's I. a good promotion. Well, there's always a good promotion going. But Absolutely. Well, there, if, if, if you don't 
hit the promotion or you want to hook up your boys here with the uh, with the uh, the good the good karma you can go to theathletic.com slash birds all day and uh and sign up for that uh one thing i was going to say is that i've been doing because i've got had some time uh i've been on twitch uh live streaming with an old blue jays game in the background so we kind of watch a game have some fun people in the chat uh it's a lot of fun it's something that you uh, will want to keep watching. We're going to continue to do it. Me being, we being not just me. But for now, you can go to twitch.tv slash Drew Groff. You can, uh, what's the word? Uh, follow me on there. And then when I go live, which is usually 9, 10 o'clock at night, we did the 2016 All-Star or, uh, Wild Card game, which was a lot of fun. And then last night, uh, did the 1992 World Series Game 6, where the Blue Jays won. Dave, uh, as I mentioned then, Dave Winfield's... Um, Doubled on the line. You know, a, a huge, enormous, gargantuan, momentous hit in Blue Jays history that maybe doesn't get the love that it deserves. Maybe? What yeah, do you that's think? true. I, I, mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, there, there, are, there are quite a lot of momentous, gargantuan hits in Blue Jays history. But yeah, no, that one sort of ends up, uh, yeah, uh, underrated. It was an extra inning double to put <laughs> the winning runs across... That won the World Series. I think people probably remember Roberto Alomar's home run a little bit better. Uh, the Roberto Alomar home run off of Dennis Eckersley in the ALCS. But uh, Dave Winfield, shout out. That was it. Was really interesting to watch to sit down and watch. Like uh, it was about an hour. Watch an hour of um, that game. Uh, at first, I was like, "Ah, oh, the changes aren't that diff- that pronounced." But then you realize, "Oh no, the changes in the game are pronounced uh, from the lack of." advertising on the field to just even the condition of of atlanta playing in uh, fulton county stadium back then all of the area like the foul the like not the warning track but anything that was in foul territory but was dirt it looked like it was like sand like rocks and gravel it looked (laughs) terrible on tv um all the players are teeny tiny there's no ads as i mentioned charlie liebrand who took the loss unfortunately for him uh, fortunately for the blue jays fans um he was so charlie liebrand was 35 at the time, it was his age 35 season. He looked like he was a 70. I remember looking like he was so old. He just had like so, such old man vibe, just really slow moving. And his he was through, he was left handed and his, his motion was really janky. And like, you know, through it looked like he was throwing the ball in reverse, it was going up there so slowly. But, uh, you know, a different time. And, and even like the, the stances and the swings. Dave Winfield, huge guy, right? Dave Winfield's like six foot five, uh, big, strong dude. His swing is like his stance and his swing was really weird. It's like tons of motion and almost looks like he's kind of throwing the bat out there. It's just um, it, uh, it was interesting because some people that were in the in the chat on on Twitch had remembered the game even better than I did. By they remembered details and there was a wild pitch and I I had forgotten that that was the candy Maldonado throws it over everything was uh was in oh, that yeah. one. And also the the line drive that went right at Maldonado that he almost let get over his head, but uh, uh, just like yeah, the Winfield's motion was just really really weird. It's just up at the plate and lots of hands. And, <laughs> I don't know. And Ron Gant was like he was the one that looks like everybody now. Ron Gant was jacked and ripped and just like super strong and real quiet at the plate. Definitely looked like a of what was to come. And, uh, and David Justice again looked just looked like a hell of a ball player. But, so that's what we've been doing. But in the meantime, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, I think we should talk about, rather than the past, let's talk about the future. Let's talk to MLB.com's uh, lead prospect guy, writer, uh, guru, watcher, 
draft guy as well. Jim Callis. So are you good with that, Stoughton? I'm absolutely good with that. All right. So why don't we take a break? We come back, talk to Jim Callis, talk about Nate Pearson, talk about the Blue Jays' future. And then after that, we'll talk to you about the Toronto Blue Jays. So I guess it's the part where I would usually say all that and so much more on this edition of Birds All Day. All right, as we mentioned before, it is at this time our pleasure to be joined by minor league baseball writer, prospect guru from MLB.com, Jim Callis. Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to join us today. Yeah, no, glad to be here. You know, it's 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 interesting. Blue Jays like that's like the like one of the last days was kind of normal for me. That was my last camp in uh, Florida, and I flew home and I was going to be home for a week before going out to Arizona for a week and. And then everything changed abruptly. So uh, the, the Blue Jays, Blue Jays are the last day I, I actually saw actual baseball being played. Uh, uh, it seems like it was a long, long time ago now. So of course Jim was talking about he he covered the team uh, in like a preseason prospect overview. Uh, again, as, as he mentioned, the last team. So I don't know. Did he get to all thirty clubs in thirty days? No, it doesn't sound like it. No, no. Well, we divide. You know, Jonathan Mayo, Mike Rosenbaum, and I at at, at Pipeline kind of divide up. Arizona and Florida, you know, we each take five teams, and we kind of followed MLB Network around for they when they were doing their thirty clubs in thirty days, and we would go on and do prospect, you know, stuff with them. You know, like for the Blue Jays, we um we interviewed Nate Pearson it was our Blue Jays piece. Um, but so yeah, no, we got through. I think Jonathan got through all five of his teams in Arizona, and then mm-hmm. I think Mike had just flown out there, and the first day he was supposed to be in a camp was the day they started to shut everything down. Um, and, and I just never made the trip. I was supposed to fly out Monday and today's, I'm already lost track of day, like Thursday. So I, this would have been day three of, of five days of, of camps in, uh, in Arizona, but obviously, uh, that, uh, that changed. Absolutely. It just about everything changed, but, uh, but we're here. We still have the Blue Jays to talk about, uh, talking about the future is, is probably, Maybe just what the just what we need at this time in terms of uh, having a little looking forward, looking forward with with hope. And uh, there's no greater hope. Some might even call him the Great White Hope. That's Nate Pearson, gigantic, fireballing, hard throwing right handed pitcher. Uh, you describe him as one of the top uh, pitching prospects in baseball. Uh, if I have just woken up from a long sleep, what is it that there is to love or like about Nate Pearson? Yeah, there, there's a lot to love about. I mean, first, I th- you know, not only is he? In, I mean, I think you're talking about the best pitching prospects in baseball. He'd be in mm-hmm. that discussion. I, I personally would pick McKenzie, McKenzie Gore, the uh, Padres. You know, Casey Mize would be in discussion, and maybe Jesus Lazardo, and that would be it. And not only is he in that discussion, I think you know, especially if you're giving extra credit to a starter who who's not just you know blown out for any time. I think he's probably got the best fastball in the minor leagues anywhere. Um, you know, he very famously hit 102 miles an hour. Uh, in a bullpen set right before the 2017 draft, you know, where the Jays got him 28th overall, probably would have gone higher had he, you know, not been in junior college and been, you know, seen maybe a little bit more against better competition. Per, you know, personally, he's thrown. I saw him throw 104 miles an hour, and that was in a one-inning outing in, in the Arizona Fall League after the 2018 season. 
he he hit 104 miles an hour. Pete Alonso actually homered off him on 103 mile an hour fastball, and that, that's I, the only guy I've ever seen throw harder than 104. I saw Ray Black throw 105 once, and Ray Black is kind of a max effort reliever. Not the same thing, but no, I mean Nate. I mean, you know, he, he sits, you know, kind of 98 to 101 as a starter, maintains the velocity deep into games. He, he, he generates it with a really easy athletic delivery. Um, there's some life on it, and he commands it really well. So it's not just he's lighting up the radar gun, but he doesn't know where it's going or it's straight. I mean, it's it's got every, you know, fastball attribute you'd really want. And then, you know, the, the, the slider is at least a pitch. I mean, it's usually overpowering. You know, it's a legit pitch. Um, you know, he's got a changeup, which I, I don't know how, if you're a hitter, you possibly deal with his changeup, which can be a plus pitch at times. Um, you know, I mean, you got to sit there and guard against 104 in this nasty slider, and then he makes you look bad with the changeup, and, and he's working on a curveball too. I mean, he, he's, he's got some good depth on that. That's probably his fourth pitch. Um, and, you know, like I was saying before too, I mean, a lot of times these guys with power arms, you know, there's some effort to their delivery and you worry about their mm-hmm. health and their strike throwing, but you don't with him. And, you know, I think he snuck up on people a little bit in pro ball just because, you know, in 2018, he, he pitched, he got five outs, you know, literally his first start of the season, he got hit by a line drive and broke his forearm and missed mm-hmm. the season, didn't come back till the fall league. But last year was, you know, really kind of, I think the, the first time people really saw a lot of him because it wasn't like you saw him on TV pitching in junior college. It wasn't like he was in the SEC or something. And he went from, you know, high A to triple A and dominated. And, I mean, you guys probably saw the same thing. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, we have to play this service time game. And, oh, you know, he needs some time in the minor leagues. I, I think if you put people on a lie detector, and I think some of the Blue Jays players have said this, <laughs> Nate Pearson was their best pitcher in, 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 in big league camp. And I know spring training stats don't mean a lot. But I mean, he looked ridiculous, and and you know, again, we have to pretend. Oh, he's not ready. We got to delay his free agency for at least a year and all that. And I know mm-hmm. the Blue Jays aren't really going to contend, and, and and now this season, who knows what's going to become of it? But uh, I mean, th- that guy's big league ready. At least he looked big league ready in spring training, and I, I don't think it's going to be very long before he's the the best pitcher in the Blue Jays rotation. Oh, is that all? That doesn't sound like too much. I don't know. 103, <laughs> 104. Uh, I, I'm really interested in the changeup. And I mean, uh, it, obviously, throwing that hard and with that white belt slider, that's a lot. That's a lot to work with. But I, I you know, as you mentioned, if, if you can throw the, that changeup with any kind of consistency, is, is that the kind of thing that you could see the Blue Jays using that as like a bit of a crutch in terms of, of uh, development and saying, we want you to go down there and throw 30 changeups in an outing sort of thing? Like, just making him. Just force it. Just try to get it out out there and see if he can um, to get it to. You mentioned it can it can get to plus sometimes. Even just have it as as more of just more than a show me offering. Something that can really really uh, mess with the left handed batters. Yeah, I mean, you can say that, but I mean, I think it's already a pretty solid pitch. I mean, okay. you, I, I I'll be very interested to hear. And I don't know what they've said exactly, like what the official reason would be for sending him down. You know, I mean, oh, you know, he's only pitched, you know, 18 innings at the AAA level. But, I mean, stuff, stuff. And like I said, I mean, this isn't a guy who has stuff, but he's trying to figure out how to harness it, and it's all over the place. I mean, uh, I don't know what more this guy can do. I mean, uh, I think the change is pretty consistent as it is right now. I mean, I, again, I mean, they can make up whatever reason they want. I, I think Nate Pearson, if you put him in the rotation right now, 
very good chance he'd be their best starter right now. Um, I, I have no problem. I mean, I know they won't say that, and I'm not giving that. I mean, look, other teams would be doing exactly the same thing, especially if you're in a position where you're not really going to contend this year. You know, does it make sense to keep him in AAA for a month to work on whatever? And then, oh, hey, lo and behold, his free agency is delayed for an extra year. How'd that happen? Yeah, I mean, that's the move. I mean, it, it stinks to say this, but under the current system, if I'm a, if I were a Blue Jays fan, that's what I would want them to do. I'd rather have him for seven years instead of six, or or six years and five months, instead you know instead of just six. And not going to win this year. So you know, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. It just I, I, that's one of many things I, I would hope would change in the new CBA. Just I, I just don't think it's a great look for baseball when we have to. I mean, last year you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr you know, kindly got himself hurt. So we didn't have the same stupid discussion last year, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could have easily come up at the end of 2018. Did anybody think he wasn't ready to hit big league pitching? And, you know, and you could also make the case that that would have made sense because it gets him acclimated to big leagues earlier. But, you know, that's just the system we have where we have to come up with reasons that, you know, talented young players aren't ready for the big leagues. So teams can, you know, delay their free agency an extra year. So you said you're not going to get a lot of argument from uh, the the two people that you're currently on the line with, who are mm-hmm. uh, have been uh, long, obviously uh, proponents of just letting taking the best team north and letting the letting the best players in your organization play at the highest level they can. Uh, that said, so we love the stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff. Seems like uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders as well. Seems to be uh, confident, kind of very aware of of himself and his abilities. But what? What would a what would a, a difficult season for Nate Pearson look like? Would it be uh, walking the ballpark, just like not not no real command, uh, giving up lots of home runs? I mean, again, with this kind of stuff package, it's easy for uh, easy for me to envision. You know, he's got 15 strikeout games every time he takes a mound. It's an event. It's like a stuff we went through with Matt Harvey and whomever else, all these other guys. But what does a struggling Nate Pearson maybe look like in the in the dark? You know, the, the <laughs> The, the well, silver cloud of the gray lining. It's a tough question because he really hasn't struggled in pro ball. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. Granny hasn't pitched a lot because he had the broken forearm, but he had 123 innings so far with 75 hits, 32 strikeouts, and 146 strikeouts. And uh, again, you know, I mean, it's he's got an easy delivery. This isn't a guy who has to like ramp up to throw hard. He's got multiple pitches, so it's not a case where, okay, he throws 104, but guys know the fastball's coming, and big leaguers can hit velocity if they know it's coming. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what a difficult season for Nate Pearson would look like, because it it's hard. It, you know, he like I said, those guys I mentioned before with Mackenzie Gore and Casey Mize and Jesus Lazardo. They've got stuff, and they've got command. It's just really health. I mean, none of those guys guys has ever really struggled in pro ball. You know, maybe for a start or two here and there. So, I I can't envision. Like I I mean, the only thing that I mean to me a bad season would be if he got hurt again. But I mean, I I just don't know how yeah. when you have that kind of stuff, and you can harness it like he can. You know how are you going to struggle? I, I I don't know. I mean I'm not. I mean I know guys miss and it takes some time to adapt. But again, I mean, you know, if I want to nitpick, okay, his curves his fourth best pitch. It's probably an average curveball. Like like there aren't too many guys whose fourth pitch is average. I mean you're talking about a guy 
you know, who's got a, a, a top-of-the-scale fastball. It's an 80-pitch on the 2080 scale, a plus slider, a changeup that's probably usually solid and flashes plus, <laughs> and a curveball that's, you know, he doesn't have to throw that much. It's just to give guys a different look that's average. And he's mm-hmm. got, you know, at least above-average control. So I, I I don't know I don't even know how to answer your question because I don't <laughs> there I mean again I'm making it sound like this guy can't miss but I mean again I I just don't know like if if you, we had a a guy a professional scout on here like with a team I I don't know what anybody would tell you like I I don't know what the red flag is there I mean mm-hmm. I guess Nate's got to do a better job of avoiding line drives hit back the mound, you know, in 2018. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. has gone wrong for this guy. There was a start in the Arizona Fall League, and this was, you know, he barely pitched in pro ball, where he, I think, gave up eight runs in the first inning. He had no command. And then the rest of the Fall League, and, like, I didn't see that, and I was like, wow, it was a crazy day. Like, maybe this guy isn't as good as they say. And I saw him a couple times, and, and he looked great when I saw him. I mean, I, I think there was just something out of sync that day. And, I mean, you know, I, I talked to, when I was in, in Dunedin, I talked to Gil Kim, the Jay's farm director, and he went out of his way not just to praise Nate for, I mean, obviously the stuff and, and everything's great, but he just said that, like, from day one, he's just been, like, the model prospect in that, you know, he comes up with a plan, he, he listens to instruction, you know, if there's something they want to kind of refine or tweak, he gets it, you know, he, he wants to know why, he, he's constantly looking to get better, he's not just, hey, you know, I throw 104, let's go. Like He's looking to get better. And and, and Gil just praised him. When your, your best players are, are willing to learn and willing to work and your other players see that, it just makes them want to get better too. Um, so, again, I, I know I'm making it sound like this guy's like, you know, like unbelievable, but like, I, I really don't know what the – I mean, if you were going to nitpick at Nate, you'd say, well – his curveball is only average, but it's his fourth pitch. So, um, and it's not bad. You know, he just doesn't throw it that much. So, uh, you know, get excited about Nate Pearson because he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> well, I, I suspect, you know, the, the, Drew asked this question because, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a kind of a, it's weird to say disappointing season because he was, you know, a 20 year old in the big leagues and, 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 and very much held his own, but didn't, didn't have the Tatis uh, Juan Soto kind of year. Uh, hit the ball on the ground a lot, uh, which which I think is is uh, is maybe something that uh, you know was hard to see or that, that wasn't happening before. Uh, but but that sort of that scenario, it, it, it because of the hype that he came with, uh, I think was was a little disappointing for fans just because you know the just the hype was was just so off the charts. Um, and and yeah, while I mean, we I have you here, what, like what do you say- think? Of, what do you think of Vlad too? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I think it was, I think that's fair because, I mean, look, <laughs> I got an assignment last January. Is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. the best prospect of all time? So yeah, the the, the Vlad hype was pretty high, um, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But I, but the it just, I also think it says something just about, I just pe- people's expectations. The guy was an above average hitter when you adjust for the ballpark in the league at age twenty. You know, he wasn't like an, you know, he wasn't as dominant as say Tatis and you know Bo Bichette you know was more spectacular when he first came up but how many 20 year olds in baseball history have been above average hitters you know not too many and it's funny I was just sitting here on my computer because I was looking you know his ops plus you know his adjusted ops was 106 so he's like six percent better than league average when you know for making adjustments and the guy who he gets compared to all the time it's just such an easy comparison they're similar in so many ways 
is Miguel Cabrera. And mm-hmm. Miguel Cabrera, you know, now Miguel Grand Miguel Cabrera won a World Series his first year in the big leagues. Miguel Cabrera's ops plus and his, as a rookie, he was twenty, was one oh six. It was the same thing. And mm-hmm. then the mm-hmm. next year Miguel Cabrera hit thirty three homers and had eight seventy nine ops. And then the next year he had thirty three homers and a nine forty seven ops. So Again, I mean, not that he's going to be an exact parallel of of um, Cabrera, but like, it, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like, in some ways, you know, we were all thinking Vlad was going to come up and hit 400 with 40 home runs in half a season, but like, he actually <laughs> right. had a really good year. And and you know, I mean, so I mean, is it possible Nate Pearson comes up and like again, we don't know when we're going to play baseball. We don't know if the ball's going to be jacked up like it was last year. But you know, Nate Pearson might come up and have. You know, I don't know, like a three seven five ERA, but you know, a three seven five ERA, you know, it's pretty good. Um, like I said, For I sure, yeah, I, I, I overhyped Pearson too. Like I said, I, I think there's a very good chance if he was in the rotation, you know, normal season on opening day, or that at the end of the year we look back and go yeah you know Nate Pearson was their best starter you know overall the rest of these guys on the on the staff so but yeah I just you know you know if you, it's interesting if you'd asked a question for me last year like kind of like what's the like maybe the low end of what Vlad would do mm-hmm. I think we saw it you know I mean you know it, you know he didn't come out and hit 400 and, and 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 crush a ball but I mean he still you know even though he hit the ball on the ground more than we'd like for 20 year old he hit 272 and he, he had 43 extra base hits in a third of a season um, you know, he didn't strike out a ton. I mean, that to me is one of the positives. I mean, he struck out, you know, I mean, I think more than he did in the minors, obviously, but what about 17% of the time? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a pretty special year for a 20 year old. It just was kind sure. of probably on the low end on the hype train. What we, what we might've thought it would have been. Uh, you're absolutely right. And this is something that we've, uh, talked ourselves both into and out of, uh, over the many times over the <laughs> last, uh, since the end of the season. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you definitely said that uh, Nate Pearson will win both the Cy Young and the MVP in his first year in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are your words, will be not disappointment mine. when he only wins the Cy Young. Yeah, I know. I know. Season <laughs> as a disappointment, so. an absolute letdown. Just a real, a real shame. Uh, now you also talked about not just uh, Pearson, but uh, some of the the players he could potentially be throwing to down the road. You you spoke of um, and you wrote in your in your piece about Blue Blue Jays catching depth. And you spoke about you wrote about a, a guy who is very near and dear to the heart of all Blue Jays fans. And that's Alejandro Kirk. He has uh, he just seems like a really fun player. But beyond but beyond the, the the fun exterior and the facade of kind of a bigger dude who kind of is out there, uh, this is a really solid uh, a solid player and, and a real prospect I think in the Blue Jays system. Yeah, I mean, and some good scouting there too. Cause, I mean, this is a guy <laughs> they signed for seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, when they got him out of Mexico, uh, you know, four years ago at this point. And, I mean, he's one of the best hitters in the system. Like you said, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting – it's, it's kind of like you're you're trying to stereotype, do the stereotypical catcher build. He's, he's listed at 5'9", 220. And my experience would be that most guys listed at 5'9", 220 – like they're usually try to help those guys out. So like if <laughs> if you're five nine two twenty is what you're listed at, you might be a little bit shorter and a little bit heavier than that, and they're, mm. they're trying to make you look a little bit better. But I mean, the guy can play. He, you know, he 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 has very good bat to ball skills. I mean, I do think it's it's more hit over power. I mean, this guy just makes a ton of contact. He walks more than he strikes out. Um, 
and and considering you know his, his you know five nine two twenty sounds kind of like a bowling ball, but I mean he actually you know is is fairly athletic for that that build. He moves well behind the plate. He's he's got an accurate arm. Um, you know he you know he, he calls a good game. Like like they really like him defensively too. I, mean, I don't think he's a Gold Glover, but he's not one of these guys where you're wondering. Ah, I don't know if this guy can stay behind the plate. I mean he he's a really really interesting guy. Uh, another young a uh, player, maybe uh, the kind of guy the Blue Jays fans are going to just get to know and might come to uh, learn a lot more about. That's Gabriel uh, Moreno, who uh, who had a nice, very nice year out of Venezuela, uh, playing in the in the Midwest Midwest League. Maybe not quite uh, the same type of player as uh, as Kirk, but uh, but a guy that uh, you guys, I think you had a quote from Gail Kim there as well, just uh, with a lot of positive uh, things to say about Moreno. Yeah, and he, he's another guy. I mean, he only cost twenty five thousand when they signed him in two thousand sixteen out of Venezuela. Um, he, you know, they, they they are similar. I think you know the, 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 he like Kirk has very good bat to ball skills. He's got a little bit more power upside than Kirk, um, and and he's really athletic. I mean, this is a guy who's a shortstop as an amateur. He, he's you know quicker than most catchers. Good receiver, strong, accurate arm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I think they're similar offensive guys. Like I said, I do think Mourinho has probably a little bit more power to him, but you know, I think if you look at the system, you know, I mean, I mean, the Jays had an unbelievable year last year. I mean, I know they didn't win, but when you look, when you talk about in one year, you graduate Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Danny Jansen and Rowdy Telez all to the big leagues in the same season. I mean, that might be more than half their lineup. You know, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years from now, you know, when they're ready to win again, they've got some good catching depth in the system. Catching depth is not something you really hear about, or it, it seems more like a uh, like an ideal that you're going to reach for. You know, when you put it on your on your vision board, or if you're Mark Shapiro, you got your whiteboard in your office, and it says like catching depth. Like one day we'll shoot for the moon and and have more than one viable catcher coming through our minor league system. But uh, it seems like they've done it. And I I, I do want to ask you one question. And that's about. Um, you talk about Mourinho was kind of a low budget, $25,000, not a big signing bonus, uh, and then Kirk as well. Um, it, what, is there something to really that, that you like or something that we can, this is going to work, going to continue to see as the Blue Jays kind of player development machine kind of grinds into high gear and they start uh, kind of producing more with less uh, or as, as they're, they're helping these guys along to become. Um, of viable prospects and eventually, uh, hopefully, big leaguers. Yeah, I mean, I think when you see guys like like Kirk and Mourinho have success, it speaks well to scouting and it speaks well to development. I mean, I, I will say, I mean, obviously, these guys weren't super highly regarded because they didn't get much money, but like international bonuses can be all over the place. I mean, there's a lot of big money guys who, like you mm-hmm. know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, pretty good player, but like you also see. You know, they're just guys who fall through the cracks or team finds out about a guy before somebody else does. And, and you know, I don't know if they still hide guys at their academies or, or keep them quiet. But I, I just think, you know, when you look at those two players in particular, it, it speaks well to both sides, to, to the scouting and to the player development. That's awesome. All right. Uh, we don't want to take too much more of your time. Uh, Jim, is there anything else, maybe something that didn't uh, make it into your piece, somebody that you saw or some, some things that you heard that, uh, that really maybe Blue Jays fans might want to keep their eye on, like maybe a player that you're going to have your eye on uh, when, they, when they do start playing again? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I also did a piece that was kind of, I think we, we had, we, I'm sure we have a link in there, but I did a Q&A with Jordan Groshans, and, and I think mm-hmm. – 
you know, I mean, he, he it's not he's not underrated because I think he's on everybody's top 100 prospects list. But I still, I, I don't know if people fully appreciate how good he is just because, you know, he had the foot injury last year that, you know, I don't think anybody expected was going to keep him out for, you know, he, he went out mid-May. And, I, you know, initially I think we expected we'd get him back. And, and we just never did. And so he didn't really get a chance to have a first full pro season. It got interrupted. But, you know, I I really liked him in the draft. I, I, I'm sure he was somewhat of a surprise to people going at number 12. I mean, I, that was not the consensus. And, and yeah, you know, he did take a, a, a discount there um, to, to go as high as he did. But for me, as somebody who covers the draft, I, I was a little surprised the industry didn't like him more. I, I thought mm-hmm. he was a guy who was clearly, to me, one of the best all-around hitters on the high school side. He didn't necessarily say have Nolan Gorman's power, but... I thought he had, you know, he. I think he's a better hitter than Nolan, and, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with Jordan's power either. Um, and you know, you know, is he really going to be a shortstop? He's already six three two of five. Maybe not, but you know, he's athletic. You're, you're not wondering, gee, can this guy handle third base? I mean, he could definitely handle third base. And and so I just remember, like, when we do our draft process, we do try to reflect. It, it's not just, hey, I saw a guy or Jonathan Mayo saw a guy, and we saw him this day, and what we saw, that's who the guy is. Like, we try to reflect an industry consensus and talk to a bunch of people. And I remember when we were working on draft list in April of 18, I was telling Jonathan, like, I really like Jordan Groshans. I, I, you know, what I just told you guys, I think he's a really good all-around hitter, one of the best in the draft. And, you know, he's probably not a shortstop. I think he'd be an athletic third baseman. You know, I really like this guy. And I said, you know, so we're, we're doing our board, and we put him around 20th or so. And uh, and so, like, we often what we'll do is we'll send out our list to, like, a ton of scouting directors and cross-checkers and, and get feedback on stuff. And I probably heard from, you know, no, no joke, probably about six – probably six or seven sky directors who are all telling me, ah, Jordan Groshan's too high. Like, like he, he shouldn't be in the twenties. That's, that's too high. And that, I, I just remember being surprised. And I'd ask him like, Oh, you know, they, they just, I don't even think the people could articulate to me why that was. Cause I'd say like, isn't he a really good all around hitter and he's got power and, and this and that. So we wound up moving him down to 31 on our list. And I still, I kind of kicked myself for that because I was like, I should have just stuck to. I mean, again, we are trying to reflect the industry consensus, and I'm not saying that we're mm-hmm. smarter than the the consensus, but that one I, I just did not understand it. Looking at his tools and the way he profiled, why people didn't like him more than they did. That's great to hear. I think he's definitely opened a lot of eyes, uh, and like like you said, he's uh, shot up into a lot of people's uh, top 100 list, and and uh, really just like like anybody, like any uh, prospect, ball player, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it all really depends on, on health and, be, and being out there on the field. Uh, Jim, we don't want to take too much more of your time. Thank you so much for uh, for taking this time out here this evening to, uh, to speak with us. Oh, yeah, no, I'm glad to. I mean, it, hey, it's, it's, it's fun to talk baseball. Hopefully, you know, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, confined to their houses or, you know, quarantining themselves, quarantining right now, and hopefully they can enjoy some good Blue Jays talk. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, I, I do think when you look at the position players who came up last year, and, and they still have some interesting position players we just talked about, but, you know, they got pitching coming too. Yeah, you know, they're still probably a couple years away, but, I mean, I, I can see, like, you know, 2021, 2022, you know, I, I think this is a team that's going to be back in contention. Awesome. His name is Jim Callis. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim Callis MLB. You can read him on MLB.com. You can see him on the MLB network. Jim, thanks again. Oh, yeah, no problem. You guys take care and everybody stay safe. Yeah, thanks, man.
All right, that was so awesome. But uh, man, Jim Callis, he uh that's an excited man. He has likes Nate Pearson. He likes him some Nate Pearson. He sure does. No, and it, it was just it it was very nice after after this week, not to dwell on that, but just to talk about, oh yeah, like exciting, awesome baseball stuff. Like, and he was, you know, uh, obviously uh, big into those guys. But had some nice things to say about, about Vlad, you know, calming uh, all of our fears about Vlad, you know, hitting balls into the carpet for the rest of his career, mm-hmm. uh, and all that good stuff. I, I don't, I don't know if I care for the twenty one, twenty two kind of stuff. I mean, that's really not that far off, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, the 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 Jays are on a uh, on a real real nice arc. It feels right now. I mean, this is the easy time to look to feel like you're on a good arc. You know, you don't the ex- when there's no expectations, then it's then it's like yeah, you, well they're going to be real good soon. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, obviously, as we've known from all of the times other than that one time in <laughs> the mm-hmm. last twenty years. But uh, but no, it's hard not to feel good about uh, about where the Blue Jays are at right now, apart from there not being on the field at spring training getting ready for a fucking opening day in a few you know in a week or so it uh yeah that that's the thing is um it was great to talk to jim and as we said we want to thank him for his time but uh uh there's just so much up in the air right now it doesn't look like there will be any baseball probably not in april uh you know it looks like may is, is the earliest what that means for college baseball for the draft for the minor leagues for the big leagues um that's all sort of remains to be seen. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in the same kind of um, uh, of holding pattern. But we don't want to dwell on that. We do want to talk about stuff. Actually, there was a not a, not a, not an insignificant move, uh, although also one that was not uh, not unexpected, which was the Blue Jays added Joe Panic to the forty man roster. That's not nothing, right? I'm grasping at straws. No, here. and we, you know, <laughs> and we've you know we've talked about him quite a bit over the the course of the spring uh i was surprised uh, i got i mean I, I i don't know if i knew that they could add yancy diaz to the the 60 day injured list all you know already uh as uh, as they did which was the reciprocal move so they didn't have to take anybody off the uh the 40 man uh because panic did need a spot but uh but yeah, I, I wrote a little bit about this uh, the other week, uh, especially uh, I think it was in a, a bird's eye view piece, which is you know it turns out right lately it's been like the most uh, mostly all I've done lately, mm-hmm. uh, which is just sort of a for those who don't subscribe, you can through uh, you know theathletic.com slash birds all day, or also all right as our, our producer Tyler uh, informed us while we were talking about it in the the first segment off the top, uh, theathletic.com slash free ninety days. Uh, which gets you a, a free preview of the athletic for 90 days, which, you know, the hell else are you going to be doing for the next 90 days? So there's, there's a ton of good content there, but yeah, uh, in one of my more recent pieces, uh, I looked at what some of what Ross Atkins had been saying on the the fan. He spoke to Blair and Brunt cause they were down there. Like they do every year, uh, did their radio show from Dunedin and, uh, just, you could tell from the way that he talked about panic and the way, uh, I think Brunt called him, you know, just, uh, I don't know. If the, I forget the words. I don't know if it was standard issue, but it, it just like out of right out of central casting, he said, in terms of like a veteran, you know, bench player on an up and coming team, like they they had all the time uh, for for Joe Panic, uh, despite you know the fact that he didn't hit for the last two years. Uh, so it definitely felt like uh, it it was a fait accompli, basically that uh, that he was going to make the team. I, I don't know if anybody knew that he had the. 
the opt out that the Jays would have to make a decision on at some point, uh, you know, earlier in camp. But uh, whatever the case, they obviously really liked him and and uh, and felt that he could do a lot of things that guys that they have can't. Right? He's a left-handed hitter who you know makes a ton of contact. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know that's that's not a bad thing to have, especially in a, a with a lineup that's so fluid, with a lot, you know, with a, a roster that has a lot of guys who you can move, you know, slide across the diamond and flip things around. You know, they've they've really given uh, Charlie Montoya a lot of uh, a lot of rope there <laughs> to uh, to work with uh, in trying to to make something of the offense, uh, you know, this season beyond you know the the guys who we expect to be you know locks for the first you know three three or four spots in mm-hmm. the order. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to change gears a little bit here, and and obviously, mm-hmm. you, when you're the Blue Jays, you can't uh, you can only build a roster that you could build, right? And if that means adding Joe Panic, adding guys that can make a difference, but but uh, the news that Chris Sale needs uh, Tommy John is uh, not insignificant. I think if you're a Blue Jays fan, obviously Chris Sale is one of the best pitchers in baseball, has been for some time. For the Red Sox to be without him for you know, a year minimum, essentially starting today. Uh, you know, what is that? Maybe that changes plans a little bit. Maybe that's the kind of thing that that the Blue Jays, you know, as you mentioned, Jim Callis talking about twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. You know, maybe the, the window is kind of cracking open a little bit wider if if the Red Sox are in this sort of in flux. I mean, obviously they traded David Price, they traded uh, Mookie Betts, so they've already begun that process. But having Price or Sale go down. Um, it just sort of um, makes you wonder if 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 the Blue Jays aren't in an even better position than we uh, initially thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the obviously Sale being out makes the Red Sox worse. You hate to see it. I mean, I know you've talked about Chris Sale with reverence many times on the mm-hmm. on the podcast uh, because he is uh, he he's a wonderful pitcher. He's a, he's an incredible pitcher to watch. It sucked that he had to go to Boston and win a damn World Series there, and it sucks that he has to go get Tommy John, even though that means good things for the Blue Jays. You know we. Uh, we will we will we will not stoop to being the kind of people that that cheer about a thing like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also makes you wonder what the Red Sox think about where this year is going to go because it's going to it's obviously going to be truncated in some manner, perhaps in in quite a significant manner. Uh, there's a really interesting piece from uh, Eno Saris, who we've had on, who everybody knows at the Athletic about. Uh, about how about pitcher injuries and, and the, a potential spike in them and and how how teams are going to when this all you know when things get back to normal normal are going to have to uh, consider the way that they use their pitchers just because of the fact that things are going to be so different uh, which I recommend everybody read but yeah it's it, it's it's wild it's a, a the there was a tweet that everybody or a lot of my feed uh was passing around earlier tonight here we're recording on thursday uh from peter abraham who was saying that ron renicky the uh the interim manager of the red sox there they of course wouldn't dare give him a full title because i don't know i've always found that weird but uh the interim manager said uh ryan weber and brian johnson are uh, rotation candidates to join eduardo rodriguez nate Alvaldi and Martin Perez for the Red Sox, and it's like, wow, that's a fucking dog shit rotation, boys. Um, hey, Ed, Ed, Eduardo sure Rodriguez there's... is good. I like him a lot. He, he is good. He yes, is good. He is good. And I like Evaldi too. But uh, I, you don't, you don't yeah, love that I, rotation though. I like as him a whole. in the bullpen, but no. I think that's a great point from from Eno. I, I haven't read that story yet, but I think it's one of those things when you um, 
you know, a guy, there was a story that came out earlier last week that was the Mets had been in conversation with Edwin Jackson. And I can't help but think that guys like Edwin Jackson, uh, guys who are have been known to be uh, live bodies and the like, uh, mm. might just have a, a, a couple extra opportunities coming this year. So if it's an Edwin Jackson, uh, Marco, Marco Estrada, shout out Marco Estrada. Somebody go give him a job. Um, and because yeah. uh, someone who could just sort of uh, step in and, and take a couple strays with the team and, and just sort of do what needs to be done. And I mean, guys like Edwin Jackson, guys who get themselves into into great shape uh, year in and year. That, that's one thing that I'm thinking about. And, and I'm wondering about how what is uh, what's going to happen now for, for, for the players in terms of fitness. I mean, a lot of they spend so much time gearing up for for spring and they kind of try to build as much mass and then they sort of peter out over the year and, and whatever else. But now that this has obviously been a big, um, big wrinkle thrown into that. So it'll be a lot of kind of reevaluating. I think everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's kind of in, in at home and, and being, uh, doing the, the social distancing. But, um, you know, there's a lot of tweets and, and Instagram posts of, of the different ball players showing their home gym, getting into gear. Uh, uh, Brandon Lowe of the Rays, had honest to god the most raised gym i've ever seen in his home it was so sad <laughs> it was so sad like dude maybe don't sell off your arbiters for so much and you can afford like a nice kettlebell like come on come on uh, and of sure. course eric fames's sure. uh, home gym uh, ridiculous completely out of control as one might expect from like the largest swollest dude in the world but uh, oh and uh, tyler the producer just reminded me of something that's uh, another angle uh, Again, we don't. We've said we're going to try to get away from it, but but the idea of uh, Hyunjin Ryu being sort of uh, stuck a little bit in uh, in Dunedin for the time being because he can't go back to South mm-hmm. Korea, can't go, can't come to Toronto, so he's just sort of in a in a bit of a holding pattern in in Florida. I guess you know could do worse, but uh, just another interesting angle to well, uh, well, I, you know yeah, you could, I guess you could do worse, but. You could do worse, but it would it you would do take worse. A, but like my mind start my mind starts like going to war zones automatically <laughs> when I start thinking of what could be worse than Florida. The, yeah, it's 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 suboptimal. I can't imagine there's a lot of good Korean food in uh, in uh, Tampa. I mean, maybe there is, but uh, my in my bigoted opinions, I'm sure that there's not a lot of good Korean food. <laughs> well, Tampa's. Uh... It's, uh, I've, 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 the few times I've been there, I've found Tampa and, and St. Pete to be uh, quite a lot more interesting and less Florida-y than, than you might expect. Interesting. But yeah, I, I, but the thing about the, I mean, the, the facility is not done yet. I don't know what the, you know, what, whether the timeline has been, has been impacted by the, the global uh, events of the last week. Uh, though judging by the the reaction to the people on the beach in Clearwater, apparently things are just business as usual in Florida, which is madness. Uh, but but I, I think the, like the Blue Jays would ideally like people to to stay uh, at their facility. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, they probably would be fine with the guy that they just paid eighty million dollars to if he does his own thing, and it's you know it, it's it's not great for him to be somewhere where he doesn't necessarily want to be but but i'm at my house all day and that's you know that's a lot of people are a lot of places they don't necessarily want to be um 
and also, you know, I don't. I, 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 this reminds me of what we were just talking to Jim about, which is about Nate Pearson being the best, uh, probably being the best starter on the Blue Jays, like all, almost at this point. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the guys who just paid all that money to Ryu would not, are not going to be quite ready to admit that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, that's that's pretty bold. <laughs> I mean, like uh, Hyunjin Ryu is what? What did he finish in the Cy Young uh, voting last year? Second. second, he was second. Yeah. And that was after 32 ERA last year. <laughs> yeah. That's He's real good. good. There was a reason we were excited about him. Yeah. We'll be right back with more Bros All Day. But before that, I want to take a minute and talk about the Black Tux. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, either a suit or a tuxedo, for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you can imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tuck shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying an outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order a suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code JAYS. That's theblacktux.com, code JAYS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. All right. Uh, can you, you know what? Again, I'm going to spring this on you. I did this last week. Uh, Mark Herrick of The Athletic did like a name you the greatest starting lineup. Let's do our, let's do a quick, real quick. Blue Jays' greatest starting lineup. Oh God! No, right? Okay. So it's a draft. So you get you. If once one is picked, we can't we can't pick the other. All time okay. Blue Jays. So yeah. we'll do starting nine, and then one pitcher and one reliever. So we'll go. We'll go fast. Okay. Okay. Sure. So you go first My because I've sprung well, gonna, this on you. You go first. Yeah. And uh, let's say I'm let's say. I'm, I'm okay. Can, I, I, get, can say, I pick Josh Donaldson first? Yes, that's fine. fine. Josh, Donaldson. I, I'm going. On, I'm, I'm not a not a uh, maybe not the most sentimental of choices, but uh, certainly the most talented. And let's say when we're picking them, we're kind of just choosing the best version of them. We don't have to call out season by name, which is makes it more accurate. But I think UK, so you got Josh Donaldson. Your third base is is taken care of. I'm going to pick uh, Roy mm-hmm. Halladay. That's that's a nice choice. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could do worse. You could absolutely do worse. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take uh, right fielder uh, Jose Bautista. You know they did play games before 2015. I don't know if you knew that or not. I know. Well, this is yeah. Well, but I don't trust my memory very well. But fair, also fair. I, I love Jesse Barfield, but uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking him over Bautista. Well, now I I can wait and pick Jesse Barfield later. I'm going to pick Devon White. Ah, Christ! Yeah, well, that's the guy to take right there. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. So you got two uh, positions. Gotta take Alomar then at, at at second base here. That's not the worst decision that anyone's ever made. That is for sure. No. Uh, <laughs> between Alomar and uh, 
uh, well, hopefully Kevin Vigio. The, the, there hasn't been a lot to to like it. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you do that to uh, to Orlando, Orlando Hudson, the king himself, or uh, Aaron Hill? I'm going to pick uh, John Olerud to play first base. Very nice. Very nice choice. Very mm-hmm. nice choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I... Hmm. I'm going to take Vernon Wells as my as my center fielder. Love it. Since Absolutely love it. De- uh, Devon White. I'm not taking fucking Kevin Pillar. No, no, no that's Pilar, uh, except except exact of the offense to Kevin Pillar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Tony Fernandez play shortstop. Uh, wonderful choice. Wonderful which is, choice. Which Troy Tulowitzki is good to come to my house and my home and knock on the door and ask him what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to take. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to take too low. Mm. I, I mean, I'm going. I, I'm going. My memory is not great. Mm. It's the thing, even for the more, more recent ones. But I'm still going to have to to go and take uh, Russell Martin behind the plate. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to take. Uh, yeah, you and Ernie Witt have a fun time there. <laughs> I'm going to take the. Uh, yeah, no, behind the plate. I'm going to take. Um, shit. I'm going to take Shannon Stewart play left field. The, uh, when he came back, when they when they cut Reed Johnson to bring him back. Oh, I forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> uh, Shannon Stewart, outstanding left fielder. I I will take. Uh, I'll go with left field myself, but I'll have to ha- I'll have to go with uh, George Bell. George Bell, one of the most overrated players in Blue Jays history. Just I'm just saying, I'm just putting uh, it out there. <laughs> I'm going to take. I mean, uh, Alan Trammell should have won that MVP, but George Bell was still pretty fucking good. No, he was for sure. I'm going to take uh, talking about sentiment. I'm taking Scott Rowland to play third base. Oh, very nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Scott Rowland. Uh, now I'm trying to think. Ooh, what what, what do you have left? Waiting on my shortstop. Yeah, I'm waiting on a shortstop. I haven't taken any pitchers yet. Did no. you say one pitcher, one? Uh, oh, yeah. I have. Oh, sorry, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the modern era again. Mm-hmm. You could take your weird swinging guy from the '90s, but I'm gonna take a DH named uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Son of a bitch. Oh, my team's going to get beat. Uh, yeah, no, I'm liking my team. Well, well, I mean, if we play at their current ages, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which also I would like to see this happen. Uh, I, then you, you've you now spurred me on to take a DH. I'm going to take Paul Molitor. <laughs> Very nice choice. Very nice choice. Um, okay. Uh, you take a John. Uh, well, then I'm going to take Fred McGriff as my first base. You can you not go wrong at all there with Stud. No, um, I'm going to go to right field. Graf. I'm going to I'm going to upset. I'm going to this is a big upset. I'm going to upset my own self and my my like adolescent self. But I'm going to take Sean Green to play right field. Wow, absolutely wow. love Sean Green. And and my team my team needs some more left handed bat. It's pretty right hand heavy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess that, I guess that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take Nate Pearson as no. I'm going to uh, <laughs> Jim Callis coming back on the show. um i mean fuck do i really i i'm gonna take dave steve as my as my pitcher i was gonna say fuck roger clemens yeah yeah pretty much that's fair i love pat hedgen too like Mm -hmm. hedgen deserves some consideration um love marco estrada we already mentioned him on the show Mm -hmm. lots of lots of good lots of good candidates you know marco's not a yeah but no uh, yeah, is it a playoff game? Because maybe I should take Marco. Well, the winner, the winner of uh, of, of our game head to head, gets to go on and face I don't know, the all time Expos team. Uh, okay. For well, Canadian you know supremacy. what? 
I like I like the Blue Jays. No, I'm going to still take Dave Steve. Dave, Dave Steve's a Hall of Famer. He's great. So, Dave I Steve mean, is he's like not, legit. He's not great. yet, but he but he will be. He will be. Should the should the Hall of Fame ex- survive beyond our current circumstance? Okay. Uh, I haven't taken yet a uh, second baseman, so I think that I will take. Oh man. I guess I kind of gotta take Orlando Hudson. Who else? It's uh, you know, Devin Travis. It's not. It's not a Devin Travis. Yeah, I feel we're we're missing a lot of the the. We both we both we both passed on Carlos Delgado. I'm now realizing, which seems like a mistake. That's crazy. I I regret that. I immediately regret yeah. that. Even though <laughs> well, I love John Allred and McGriff too. Like the you know the the Jays have done all right at that position over the years. It turns out they have, and from, from um, all the way to Rowdy Tellez, just carrying that banner high. I think you've only got one, you've got two left. Maybe did we? We were are we doing relievers? You do. We got to do one reliever. Yeah, and then what else would I have left? Did you do a shortstop? Did I take a shortstop? I didn't. So I guess I'll have to take. I'll have to take Tulo. Tulo. No disrespect to Yunel Escobar and and either of the Alex Gonzalez. I was going to say Alex Gonzalez, like the original Alex Gonzalez. He had a good. He had a good career. Well, he had, he had a career. <laughs> he had a good year. That sounds more like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I got to go behind the plate. Obviously, I'll take Ernie Witt. That one's sort of done and dusted, and then uh, I guess we're left with relievers. This is this could get contentious. I can i I'm gonna switch I, I'm gonna switch my shortstop to John McDonald just because Fair I think my lineup is strong enough that that uh, and that you know Tulo, God love Tulo, it ended real badly, and I I don't know if I buy the whole the whole they wouldn't have made the the 2016 playoffs without him bit. And the uh, the, the irony is that. If you compare their season, their time in Blue Jays uniforms, uh, Troy Tulitsky essentially was John McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so you switched to John McDonald, which is fair and good, and now you are on the on the clock, such as it is for a reliever. Okay, um, hmm. not going to be that guy. It's going to nope. be. Uh, I'm going with Dwayne Ward. Oh, you son of a bitch! You stole my pick. <laughs> uh, it was well. It was going to be Tom Hankey, and I love Tom Hankey, but I'm just sort of a little bit younger enough that I remember like the 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 I no longer trust Tom Hankey. Like '92, by the by the by the end there, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of it was kind of all about Dwayne Ward. So it's that interesting point. that you said that. I'm glad you picked Dwayne Ward, who was obviously just a completely bonkers, ridiculous reliever. When I was doing the, the live stream on Twitch this the the other night was when Tom Hankey actually blew the save in, in he blew the save in the ninth inning that would have won the World Series against the bottom of the Braves order. It was like Jeff Blauser and then Damon Berryhill bunted and then like some Francisco Cabrera type of like they just ran through some uh some terrible, terrible hitters at the bottom of the of that Braves nineteen ninety two batting order. Um, <laughs> right. And, but there was somebody in the chat was like, was Tom Hankey any good? And I was like, yeah, he was good. You know, I mean, I think Dwayne Ward is better. But then you go back and you look at Tom Hankey's baseball reference page. He was out of his fucking mind how good he was. He was insane. Oh, yeah. There was one year I saw he struck out like 12, almost 13 guys for nine innings in like 1988. That's wild. 
absolutely wild. And uh, he got a little bit of bad luck uh, in that 92 game in particular, in, in, in game six of 92. But uh, so with that said, and with you having picked Dwayne Ward, uh, I'm going to pick B.J. Ryan. Because wow. 2000, 2006 B.J. Ryan <laughs> was as good as I've ever seen anybody pitch. Absolutely out of his mind. Great. Great yeah, B.J. Ryan. Was... Just one of the worst, yeah. most unnatural throwing motions you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I'll never, Surprised ever, him. ever forget my friend yeah. Chris describing seeing B.J. Ryan with a shirt off. He looked like a bull walking around on two legs. Um, and it's like burned <laughs> in my brain forever. So I picked B.J. Ryan. Well, that was fun. That was fun. We'll, yeah. Maybe we'll have to do do something like that again. We'll put up some weird parameters and and do. I don't know. We'll we'll do lots of that stuff. That's that's it's podcast season. We're uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's good content right there. Yeah. Uh, now and uh, now the uh, now we got to put it to people to 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 come <laughs> to come up with a, a team that can beat either of ours using only players we did not select. That is what I would love to see. Yes, if if you think you can muster a a better squad, there are still a lot of good players out there. You got Troy Gloss out there. Yeah. You got Carlos Delgado. You got Jesse Barfield. You got Colby Rasmus. Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. You got uh, a whole host of right fielder, left fielders, none of which uh, have any acclaim. You got Eric Hinsky out there. You got uh, Greg Zahn. Just uh, catchers mm. for days. Rod Barajas. <laughs> Benji Molina. <laughs> Buck Martinez. Yeah. Pat Tabler. Amazing. But anyway. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We hope that uh, that you had a bit of fun talking about baseball. Uh, as we mentioned before, hit us with emails at uh, birdsalldaypod at gmail.com with some topics. As soon as I figure out the password, I'll go and check, see which ones are already in there. Uh, you can, oh, and Tyler, the, the oh, you said this already, the, the free 90 or free. Yes, I did. You did that. So uh, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit me up on uh, hit us on Twitter. You can follow on Twitch. We'll do some more live streams in the next couple uh, days and weeks. And uh, of course, as we always, as I'm always going to say from now until God only knows, uh, uh, be well, be safe, and uh, wash your hands. Have a uh, a great one. <laughs> <laughs>